Welcome to It's All About the Questions, where learning to ask the right questions can help you achieve lifelong success. Now, here to help you ask all the right questions is award-winning author, international speaker, and business strategist, Laura Stewart. Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Great to be back here with you all on this wonderful uh, Tuesday morning. Um, if you're listening onto the podcast, who knows whatever day of the week it is or even what day of the month it is. But just um, enjoy the, the show that I've got planned for you today because I know I'm going to enjoy it because I get to interview somebody that I've known for a really, 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 really long time that I don't get to see very much anymore since I am not um, a technology services company owner anymore. But I still get his emails every week when he sends them out and I read them because he has such great content even though his focus is on um, managed service providers, IT pros, consultants, and resellers in the tech world, he founded a company called uh, SMB Nation. And really, the content that he delivers translates so beautifully, not only to tech companies, but to any business that's starting up. So I got Harry to agree to be on the show with us today. So Harry Brelsford, welcome to It's All About the Questions. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. And and you got up really early for me since you're on the West Coast, so thank you. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> really, really appreciate it. So, you know, Harry, you've had so many evolutions in your life in the, the geek world, in the tech world, but one of the ones that I thought was really kind of interesting before you did the SMB Nation, actually, I'm not even recently sure of the order of all of them. I think you kind of did SMB Nation all along. Um, you, you went into um, a predictive analytics startup, which, yep. because you've got all that project management background and, and your other background, it didn't surprise me, but yet it did. So for my listeners who are always thinking about, should I try something different? Can you talk to us about some of the questions you were asking yourself when you had an opportunity to go in a very different direction and why you decided to come back. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. Uh, so think of it this way, because today, today's a business conversation, and um, we'll, we'll keep it in that, that compartment. So uh, many, many years ago, uh, a, a gentleman in the uh, security area. You may or may not remember the name Dana App out of Vancouver, BC, and Scorpion Software. So he gave me the, uh, the 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 book about the E Myth reinvented, and you know, hopefully, some of your listeners are fond of that. Long Michael story Herber. short, yeah. Long story short, you should be the owner and not the pie maker after a certain point in your career. And and I took that to heart, and then combined that with an entrepreneur's natural uh, ADHD condition, right? That I, I like to think of it as our secret weapon <laughs> <laughs> in in starting businesses. Um, it it was time to exit my own company, SMB Nation, uh, a couple of years ago. So I'm still the owner. And Jenny and Tim, and you know, it's in good hands and does what it does, and I. You know, Laura, I probably put an hour a day in on that. So now I'm now we're talking the four hour work week, another popular book. Um, so that's cool. And what it allowed me to do was uh, retrain myself, uh, do something new and exciting, uh, get squarely affixed right in the Seattle startup community. So this was a VC back deal. This was different for me. Uh, really good friend of mine was the CEO. 
he hired me as employee number two and uh Boy, howdy, Laura. It, it, it was a rodeo ride. I, I gotta tell you, that is, that is a whole different motion from server-side technology. <laughs> yeah, I mean, completely different, plus the whole VC intervention. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever do one of those deals again in my life. That's, that's, uh, that's for another radio show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, nothing like growing organically. But, uh, but, but the point is, um, you know, I'm not. I'm not sure if I had a lot of questions going in. I, I had a few questions exiting. So these type of deals are, are meant to be. And I was told when I was hired, it's an 18 to 24 month gig because these deals are meant to be acquired. And um, that motion was both in progress and stalled. And uh, I had vested in uh, what I needed to do, and and so it was time for me to move back into the uh, channel, the, the partners, the consultants, the MSPs, resellers, and bring that knowledge home, if that makes sense, right? It's kind of like, right. like going to grad school for two years and then coming home. All right. That makes a lot of sense. And you had a lot of connections, you know, because you were a channel partner executive for the longest time. So you had the connections yep. that could make it do something great for them. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> Okay, so then the, the the times are a changing. I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, so then <laughs> you you decided to come back. Yep. What? Yep. Why? Well, so so a couple of things. Uh, I, I am helping a, a Microsoft vendor. I, I would like to offer by day. Let me just clarify. I still I own SMB Nation. Put about an hour a day in on it. I'm actually helping another firm, a Microsoft vendor, with some things. And again, that's new and exciting for me. But to come back to the channel. Um, afforded me the opportunity to uh, really look at what SMB Nation is, and SMB Nation is, you know, our SIC code would be publisher um, or media organization. And, Laura, un unfortunately, uh, media organizations are not commanding the highest valuation in the marketplace right now. Yes. So, so, so media has changed. And what I did is I uh, surveyed the landscape. So I've got this new skill set in predictive analytics, and I surveyed the landscape and I'm not seeing uh, that service be provided in, in quite the way I want to do it to the um, MSP community, the, the channel partner community. And, and again, this could extend to small businesses in general. So it's not just computer guy talk, right? We, 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 we can extend it to, you know, good Lord, mid-sized accounting firms that want to grow their customer base. <laughs> you can apply it to a local small business that wants to grow their yeah. base. It, it applies all yeah. around. I mean, because I know one of the things that we're going to talk to um, for the rest of the show is some things you can do with the tools you have today to really convert leads. I mean, and it, they're simple things if you understand them, but they can seem yeah. overwhelming when you have no idea. I mean, you, you mentioned surveys, but there's all these other, but for the average person, how do I know what to put in my survey? That yeah, kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, exactly. It, it, exactly. Tell, tell you what, let me add one more point about sort of pivoting from a media company to a, uh, 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 an analytics, a thinking person's game is that actually media companies are very well equipped to make that pivot. 
Um, and, and, and listeners should take that to heart, that if you've worked with uh, a media company in your local market and in the past you bought a advertisement in the local paper or did something, you, you should have another talk with them because media has gone digital. And what media companies are very good at is custom audience creation. I mean, that's basically what they were doing over the years is their business model. So not only do they use these tools we're going to talk about in a minute, but um, they know their audience. They're, they're very good at understanding their audiences. The problem, Laura, is the audiences don't want things in print anymore. <laughs> so that that's, I, I'm, I'm oversimplifying it, but that's the challenge as media companies kind of pivot to something that would be a natural act. Right. I guess it also depends on who your audience is. If it's an older audience, they still may want print, but you still need to appeal to a younger audience that may want digital because the younger audience will grow. So somehow you need to get your current and your future. That's right. That's That's right. And we're all going through it. The good news is we're all going through it. Every single industry, you know, if you ever feeling mopey, just just look at some other industries that are transforming like retail and so on. And so, you know, we're all in this together, Laura. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny you say retail transforming because I recently read an article about Sears and how we've known they're struggling for a really, really long time. And Amazon's doing really well and all the online buying. And I started laughing, but it was a sad laughing because Sears created the Sears catalog. And that was the way of buying anything you needed anywhere in the country and the world you were, and they shipped it to you because people didn't have retail outlets nearby them. Yep. They didn't have the store. Isn't that amazing? But yet, and then Sears pivoted to a retail platform, and eventually the Sears catalog, the JCPenney catalog went away. And then Amazon built up, but yet Sears couldn't pivot to the digital, which was essentially their catalog model just online in a slightly different, yeah. funkier way. And I find that so fascinating that they couldn't see that. They got so entrenched. Yeah, I mean, two thoughts on that. One was uh, in yesteryear, I had a good friend who uh, was in Chicago, worked for Sears, and it was a mainframe play. So Sears uh, was not devoid of technology, right? They, they got it. Um, so that wasn't so much their problem. You know, ultimately it may have just been, uh, it, it's just a, a canyon too far to cross. But on a lighter note, it's funny you bring up Sears because the life of an entrepreneur, so, so I'm, I'm married and, and my wife is from Chicago. I would offer old school. And sometimes when she gets a little, uh, uh anxious with some of my entrepreneurial endeavors, <laughs> She, she, she will quote, you know, why didn't I just go to work for Sears downtown and put my 30 years in? I'd already have my gold watch. <laughs> and I said, well, you know, it, it doesn't really work that way anymore. <laughs> no, it really, really doesn't. The, the gold watch doesn't really get you much, and uh, they can't afford to pay the pensions and all those other things anymore. Anyway, we're going to go right. into our first commercial break. Um, sure. We are here with Harry Brelsford, well-known partner, uh, channel partner executive in this SMB channel in my tech world, but he is really a master at analytics and with helping you use the tools you have to convert your clients to leads. We'll be more back with more from him. I'm having so much fun in this conversation, Harry. Thanks for being on the show. (laughs) Sure. All right. So one of the things that 
you mentioned is is surveys. And and I know there's a lot of different things that people can do. You pivoted from, you know, founding SMB Nation, being in the channel, going to a venture capitalist startup, coming back, and then doing a lot of other things at the same time. How do you know what it is your customers want? I mean, you mentioned surveys, but I mean, my the average person has no clue what to do in a survey. I mean, I can't tell you how many surveys I get, Harry, that I'm like, really? Why are they asking that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Couple, well, let me give some context, then I'll, I'll answer your question. I love so, context. I, I, yeah, I think of it this way, that... Let's let's just agree that one out of ten startups makes it. Uh, you know, it's it's brutal out there. And I, I I had a fellow entrepreneur in downtown Seattle said, "Oh, it's one out of a <laughs> hundred. And it probably is because uh, there's a lot we don't ever yeah, hear about. It, it, yeah, yeah. It's it's the, the the truth lies in between those numbers. But um, Laura, here's the blessing and curse: is that I I hit on my first startup, SMB Nation. I left the public accounting firm in the late '90s, broke out on my own, moved to Bainbridge Island. Life was good, server side, small business server, and you get. Uh, you, not only do you get comfortable with that, but you also. I don't know, it's dumb luck. Um, the point about knowing what your customers wanted was, um, you know, maybe maybe it's the old saying, the harder I work, the luckier I am, or or timing, or what have you, because we, we knew what the customers wanted between, I'm going to say, 99 and 2012, 2013. We were in a tight little niche of Microsoft Small Business Server and some other SMB technologies, and uh, our community was kind of um, a lot like the enthusiasm of the Macintosh communities in the 80s and 90s. So, you know, we're right there with them, right? And one, one, one workshop at a time, feet on the street. So that's how we knew what our customers wanted then. Um, we're deeply ingrained. Now, with cloud, that's kind of changed, right? And with the new, the new, new, that's kind of changed. And the tools got better. So it's okay, but it's um, and let's more just take the, a step the, back, Harry. So for yeah. those listeners who are not technical, cloud means you don't have to have all your equipment, all your software on your computer. You connect to something out there in the inter- off the internet, known as the cloud. Okay, you can go now. <laughs> no, thank you. And well, what it had the effect of doing from sort of a social and emotional intelligence point of view is people get their information different ways, right? So maybe they watch a replay of a lecture on YouTube, but they actually don't go to the workshop. So we have a disconnect um, in terms of what they're thinking. So along comes, uh, we use SurveyMonkey. There's several tools out there. So, you know, I'm not endorsing SurveyMonkey. It's just what I use. And we uh, constantly survey our audience uh, on, on behalf of our own needs and, and then those of customers. And When you say constantly, ab- how frequently is constantly? Well, for us, I'm going to say, why don't we, I'll, I'll give you a little bit of a high number, 24 times a year, twice a month. It, it might be 15 times a year, but okay, I'll so pitch that's high. Frequently. That's quite a bit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah, it's, it's approaching twice a month. And, um, often what we'll do with technology vendors is work with them for a couple of hours to uh, design the survey 
So one was, um, if, if, if you don't mind, you know, a real world example, and then I'll, I'll get back to the small business side, but one with good. GoDaddy. Yeah, GoDaddy, who serves small businesses, uh, they retained us to um, survey consultants about the brand perception of GoDaddy. Would you do business with GoDaddy? Because GoDaddy is a consumer brand, and it itself is trying to pivot to be taken a little bit more seriously in the core IT community. Um, and, and the survey results came back really favorable, right? I, I was kind of thinking, well, I, you know, we're, we're, I don't know what the sentiments are going to be. The Super Bowl ads were a little racy <laughs> a few years ago. Um, it, it came back positive, and that set their strategy for some things, you know, that, that they're moving forward with. Now, on the customer side, you know, it's it's. I call it machine learning. It's trial and error. Just do it. Just kind of kick out some surveys. How are we doing? Uh, you know, if you're a floral shop or an eye doctor, um, how are we doing? Were we pleasant? Did we process your, you know, medical claim efficiently? Um, just do something. And the data is going to tell you. That's the beautiful thing about surveys. The data is going to tell you. <laughs> okay, but, you know, the data tells you, but the data only tells you what you fed the the, yeah. the end user. So, like, if you say, how am I doing, and you give them a, a scale of one to five, a lot of people just go five just because it's easier. Is yeah. there a different yeah. way to make sure that the data you're getting is real based on the options you give them? Yeah, you know, well, you know what I would do, and and I think it's it's all fair and love and war is uh, go take a few surveys. So very easy to find at different small business sites and trade association sites. Take a few surveys and do a best of breed and go. Wow, that's that's a really good question. Uh, you know, print it out, circle it, and 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 reuse that question. And and I think that's entirely fair, right? These are these are just pretty generic questions typically there's no intellectual property there's not really a violation you're you're probably going to reword it to meet your needs but what i would do um you know back in the old days they called that environmental scanning so you know or competitive analysis um so so go see what's out there and that can very well be the uh, the fodder for you to create your survey. I mean, Laura, when I wrote some books on computers, the one thing I always did was I went to Barnes & Noble and bought like six thick books on the same topic, the same technology, spread them out in the, uh, the conference room. And that, more times than I can count, that got me through those nights where I was staring at document one that was blank, right? I kind of look over and go... You know, that's that's a pretty cool way that was presented. Um, and, you know, I'm in no way suggesting I did copy and paste, but it was more just a, a, a kindling or a fire starter. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Because sometimes you need a jumping off point, which is one of the things yeah. that this show is known for, is helping people get that jumping off point. Is there one question before we go into the news break in the next couple of minutes that you find provides some exceptional value when you use it on a survey? Yeah, in my area, and I think it would, uh, so I'm talking B2B, okay? Business, business to business. business. Okay. Um, the one thing that consistently shows up and is asked for 
uh, is what is the size of your business? So one to five employees, five to five to ten, ten to twenty. Um, because Laura, whatever you do, whether it be uh, marketing services or uh, accounting services or something, that's going to be impacted by the size of the company. Um, I'll, I'll give you a quick example. Uh, we have done some work with uh, Concur, the travel and expense management software right. group. Um, they were acquired by SAP. Done a little work with them. And what they have found is you get into more of what I would call a mid-sized company uh, that what what their product does is if you're, again, a, a computer guy or a gal or what we call MSP, um, if you make that part of your portfolio of services you offer, it gets you out of the server room and it lets you have conversations with the accounting department and the marketing department. So it's a door opener. And I would encourage your small business and medium business listeners to think of it that way, too, that company size is very interesting because if you're dealing with a company of over 100 people, you know, the span of control would dictate that they have a, an executive management layer. Um, that may be who you want to talk to instead of in the small company. You know, it, 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 often the, the spouse is the bookkeeper and the office manager and the, <laughs> that's a different dynamic, that's right? That's perfect. So we're going to go into the news break right now. My, to all my listeners out there, I want you to think about, do you know what size customer you're dealing with on a daily basis? Are they one to five, 10 to 20, or are they thousands? Do you know? And do you know who you need to talk to inside that company? We'll be right back with more from Harry Brelsford talking about the tools you use. Welcome back after the news break, everyone. And if you're on the podcast, there was no break because I removed the news. You don't have to listen to it. <laughs> we are here with Harry Brelsford. Harry, um, this has been so much fun so far, just for me personally, because we haven't talked in, in forever. So thank you again. Yep. Now, before the break, we were talking about surveys and some of the questions to put on the surveys. And one of the ones you said was think about finding out who your audience is. What are some other things to think about? Is there like a, a length that a survey should be? I know I hate the ones I get sometimes and they're like, it'll take you 20 minutes. I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't have 20 minutes to do a survey. You don't mean that much yeah. to me. You know, it goes through my head. <laughs> No, there, there, there absolutely is, and boy, howdy, if the walls could talk, we fight, we fight with this. It, it feels like every day. So, a couple of thoughts. First, the context, and 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 the first context that uh, I really live by, especially after exiting that big data startup, is simple is hard. Okay, and we we fight that every day. And the way that relates to length is, it's very easy to just pile it on and all of a sudden you got 36 questions, right? I mean, it's just like we're going to talk about this and talk about that and you look at some other surveys and, you know, and, and you got to kind of keep that thing down around 12 questions. And again, in a B2B environment, um, and I, it, and, and Laura, I bring my own biases, right? So forgive me, but these are my experiences. Um, but, everyone's going to encounter this, that it's very easy to make things complex. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> once, once you get rocking. And so to, to answer your question, 12 questions, uh, I would incentivize it with a $5 Amazon or Starbucks card. 
Um, there's some really cool ways you can do a little bit of custom branding on the Amazon cards and so on. But, you know, if you're really sincere and you want to drive responses, think about offering incentives um, so they get to the end of the survey and they can provide their identity and their information um, if they want the $5 card. And, you know, that, that basically they can download a movie, a prime movie over the weekend. And uh, then you have a lead um, or, you know, you know it was your existing customer and you know their sentiments. And, and, Laura, we can slice and dice that all day long. I mean, now we're talking, right, if you can get down to the entity level. Um, the other thing I would offer in terms of length is uh, do what we call an A-B test. So, so see, SurveyMonkey is really good about this. Um, you have Survey A, which is maybe six questions, and you have Survey B, and maybe let's just reach a little bit and call that 15 questions. You know, the, the, on average, it's about 12 some odd questions. And, but the point is, um, the customers will tell you which one they like, right? Because you can see the response rate. And you can weigh that, you can weigh that against the data you gain. So, you know, clearly the 15 question survey is going to have less responses. Um, but, you know, maybe that's okay. Maybe that's okay because you have richer data. But you, you see how we're trying to think, right? This is this is this is new thinking. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is new thinking. Now, last week I had Tom Antion on, and we talked about email marketing and uh, split testing and a bunch of other ways of doing it. Now we're talking yeah. about it in terms of with a survey, sending That's out right. a different two different surveys to. Mm-hmm. But how do you decide mm-hmm. which customers get which survey? And how do you deliver this survey? Does it do it from SurveyMonkey, or do you use something like MailChimp, ConvertKit, something else? Yeah, you know, you know what you can do is um, that. Boy, that's a really good question. Oh boy, you're you're good. This show's about questions, isn't it? it is. um, <laughs> um, okay, we're we're, we're going to take us where the evidence takes us. So, so the 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 idea here is. Uh, Pop it up on your web, pop, pop, you know, variant A up on your web page, uh, and variant B, let's put it on your Facebook page, let's put it on your LinkedIn status update, let's maybe talk about Twitter, you know, that kind of thing. And so, so try that, you know, try the different tactics that are out there. Um, if you're a slightly larger listener, you know, business, um, you may want to buy traffic, right? You may want to do, and I'm sure you've had this on your show. But Tom talked about you know, paid your, traffic last week. <laughs> yeah, yeah, your, your, your basic AdWords. Um, here's, a, here's a dirty little secret, though, about just posting it on your web page. And I probably am not supposed to share this secret from the industry of analytics. But, Laura, you know, web pages... Um, Yes, you have to have a web page. Yes, absolutely. Um, but you can, you know, use forms, uh, the Unbounce and Wufu forms, and maybe we'll, if time allows, we can get to those. But those look like web pages, and they have a call to action to fill out the form. Here's my concern about web page proper wages, is everybody gets so hysterical about we got to pop this thing up in WordPress and have a beautiful web page. And Laura, when we look at the numbers in the S space, small business space, you're seeing some websites get um, 21 visitors a month, 
I mean, it's, it, it is what it is. And that then begs, well, we, we're going to have to get in listings and maybe paid search and certainly exploit our Facebook friends and LinkedIn friends and so on. But you know, Laura, it's, it's a little bit shocking. Again, I'm going back to analytics, but sometimes when you look at these numbers, it's like, you know, I mean, were these like, you know, blindfolded monkeys that just happened to bump into your web page? <laughs> yeah, you know, you know? Th- that's fascinating that you talked about that, because one of the things Tom talked about last week was pretty much SEO is dead. That's not necessarily the best way to, to drive clients yep. to your product. Yep. There's other ways to do it. So so let's talk about that. So we, we talked about the surveys, right? Let's just jump, because you talked about social media, putting the surveys up and figuring out which customers, because that could be more directed with the social media. You said something that I'm curious about because I don't understand it. (laughs) Um, The Unbounce and the WooFoo, I I don't understand. And I went to Unbounce's website. I consider myself a highly technical person. And I have no idea why it wasn't connecting to me. So how would you use that in conjunction with your surveys to, or is it, to, to get to the answers you need? Well, a couple of things. And it, it forms are my favorite topic. Um, so the reason that is, is when you're in a big data company, um, and Laura, you know, God bless them. I, I learned so much. I mean, seriously, I have nothing but praise for that experience. And um the form is everything. The form is the conversion event. And so we were working with, and again, I don't mind sharing, you know, the, the, the client name. It's public. Uh, Red Lion Hotels was a client and Trident University, a large online college that, uh, online MBAs probably competes with the University of Phoenix, that kind of thing. And the form is everything. And so that is the conversion event. And so back to our survey questions, simple is hard. You got to limit the form data to, uh, you know, maybe six fields. And in the case of Trident, like field number six is, are you active military? Because that impacts, you know, how, how you're going to pay for the online MBA, right? Okay. <laughs> um, so, so, but the form is everything. And what, what uh, Unbounce is what I'm most familiar with, I've used both, is the forms are now gorgeous, okay? So they have form templates. I mean, there's hundreds of them up there if you're poking around events, uh, special offers, this, that, and the other. And they look like a web page. Um, and so you, 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 I, I, I'll go out on a limb and say you can just bypass WordPress. Um, now, I'm probably going to take a lot of heat on that, but... Let's just roll with that. Not only can you bypass WordPress, but what's beautiful about these forms that look like a web page and have a call to action is they're um, responsive. So they they look good at any screen size, or you know if you enlarge the screen, it still looks pretty. You make it small, so they look pretty on any device. And then you can create what we call progressive forms, and progressive forms are where you really only want. One or well, a couple questions on page number one of the form. So maybe email and name. Page two, phone number, company name. Page three, title and uh, you know whatever's uh, relevant. That that sixth question, and you swipe to the uh, typically to the left. 
because mobile users need a progressive form. That's the mobile experience. And um, what we found in the big data startup and studies that confirmed, maybe one of your guests talked about it, is uh, 60% of traffic is mobile. And so you always want to develop mobile first. And that's what these forms allow you to do. You can look at um, one of the pay, you know, the, the, to develop what it's going to look like on your, your mobile phone. And then finally make a couple of little art corrections and little nits to what it's going to look like on the desktop. But, but, but Laura, it's, it's really true. You know, I, I ride light rail. Uh, I ride the ferry. What's everybody doing on the ferry? On They're on their phones. phone. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's really true. So, you know, you got me going. The caffeine's kicking in out here. <laughs> All right, so uh, we're we're getting you're, ready to you're go. You're welcome in. to stop me. <laughs> we're we're getting ready to go into the last commercial break. What I'm hearing is that if you're using a survey, link it to say an unbounced form that they're going to take that through, and somehow you end with a call to action that gets them to do something. Maybe it's um, fill out their information to receive the incentive. Or is that yeah. not? Yeah, what you're no, that, no, that, that, no, that would be perfect. Um, more the form, the call to action on a form is typically yes, I would like help, or I would like to know more about your floral arrangements or what have you. But we we can pick that up after the break because I, I I do want to add about lookalikes and nearest next door neighbor to drive traffic if you don't mind. No, no, I don't <laughs> mind. So we're going to go into our last commercial break and then we will pick that up. Okay, Harry, dive right in. Okay. Okay. So the fastest two minutes in sports. Um, what we, what, what I, I, I wanted to close off on was your recent guest that talked about SEO is dead and, and how can we drive traffic. So one, one thing that's been extremely effective and Laura, it's hard work and a lot of people don't like to work hard. So I'm going to preface it that way, but, um, it's the concept of look alike or nearest next door neighbor. So, if you are a professional uh, veterinarian, um, or you know maybe you're a service provider to veterinarians, but LinkedIn has really loosened up after the Microsoft acquisition to invite second-level connections and stuff. It's they, they've really changed the paradigm of LinkedIn. So go to your veterinarian client. So again, you're some kind of service provider to a veterinarian, whatever that is, and maybe a pharmaceutical rep. Go to your veterinarian clients, look over on the right side and see the lookalikes or nearest next door neighbor and start connecting to those people because you're probably a second level connection to them and type a very nice note, you know, saying, I serve Dr. Richards, I'd like to link up with you. Um, you know, life's a beach, whatever. You know, look, I, I prefer a custom message, Laura, a little bit casual. You get better responses. Then... When you post up your survey up on LinkedIn using your status update or even directly emailing these people, you've increased your audience. It's really, really effective, and it's hard work. And and you can do the same for uh, Facebook, of course. I'm going to friend, you know, this person, this person, this person, this person. Um, you can do the same thing. But I, I, I wanted to slip that in about how to drive traffic. Okay, so let's talk about the LinkedIn piece. I never thought about putting a survey on LinkedIn, 
So you're saying no, you, you would, would just in your no, status? No, you would put a referral link. Yeah, you would put a referral link back to, uh, in all likelihood, SurveyMonkey has a unique URL okay. or link for your survey. So in your post, uh, you would say, hey, friends and family, I'd like you to you know click on this and complete my survey. Uh, and one lucky winner gets a $100 Amazon card or everybody gets a $5 card. Um, be careful what you ask for, because if you have a lot of friends, that might be a lot of $5 cards. <laughs> but, uh, no, you would link off of your LinkedIn message over to the uh, the survey. It, 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 I'll keep it simple, but the SurveyMonkey link. Okay, so whatever social media you're doing, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, um, LinkedIn, I'm going to guess that you can't really do this on Instagram. I'm not an Instagram person. Or an no, person. no, no. You could. You could. Okay. Yeah, you could. Now that's a, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's a younger demographic. That uh, that's cool. Some of my listeners. Oh, yeah. Have that demographic, yeah. so you just never know. So you're going to write some sort of couple of line thing saying, "Hey, I I want to serve you better. Help me out. Uh, I want to know what you're looking for. Fill out this survey, and you got the link that you put in there." Okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I, you know, keywords are like discover, right? So help me discover um, and, and, and help me help you. So maybe okay. those are some key phrases. There, there, there is a little bit of a science or, well, maybe it's art. But, you know, there, there, there is a little bit of a technique. Always use the word discover. Don't use the word learn. <laughs> okay, so the word discover, that's great. Any other words that people should be thinking about in their surveys or their opening to get the survey? Well, you know, I'm thinking back to some, some sales classes you and I have probably attended, you know, back in the day that oh, yeah. you, you, you never ask a customer to sign the agreement. You ask them to complete the agreement. So the word complete. Okay. okay. <laughs> Versus sign, you know, because signature fright, right? Um, you, you know what I'll do, Laura, is I'll take it upon myself to post up and we'll give my site information, you know, when, when you're ready, but I'll post up a blog on this. This would actually be a good blog on active words. And, and it's a constant daily battle, by the way, when we were serving Red Lion, um, hotels at the big data company, you're, you have people on staff that are modifying nouns and verbs every day, right? So it's a, it, it, it's a constant journey. Um, that's part of the that's part of the fun, and that's part of the frustration with digital media. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I I, I have a love hate relationship with digital media. <laughs> you know, I'm on terrestrial radio, old fashioned. I do my podcast, but I still like coming to the studio for the radio show. Okay, let's share how people can find you and get to you. You have this blog post, but you also have a lot of other amazing information out there. It may be skewed a little bit to tech companies, but I swear it just applies to every every kind of business out there. So share how people can find you. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, let me just let me grab that 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 one that flew by. That you know, I'm I'm either half business or mostly business, and then secondarily tech. So I fancy I fancy myself a business person, and I just love it. it. It's it's what gets me up in the morning. But to find me, a couple of different ways. One would be uh, smbnation.com. So Sam Mary Bob nation.com is sort of the core site and and hopefully we have relevant content there and then you know there's a, a form you can fill out uh, under contact us 
And that's a great way for uh, people to see good ways to do things, by the way, is to go to your site and fill out the forms. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then um, the the other would be uh, LinkedIn. So, you know, my Christian given name is Harry Brelsford. And just uh, hop on over. Um, there's not too many of us. So uh, I'm the one in the Seattle area and Bainbridge Island. And then the same with Facebook. Um, but, yeah, Laura, I, I, you know, I, I, I can use all the friends I can get. Let me tell you, <laughs> it's, 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 a little, it's a little rough out there. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. All right, so people are, can find you on smbnation.com. And there's a form they can fill out to reach you. And, and if they have questions, um, they yeah. can contact you off of that site or on LinkedIn. Yep. Okay. And, you okay. know, I'll, okay. I'll also include in the, the blog post that comes after the show your your social media so people can link off of there as well. There we go. All right. Let's make it simple and easy for people to find you because you're worth finding. Love it. All right. Last thoughts that you'd like to leave my audience with. Uh, yeah, I mean, basically, uh, that um, we, you know, also be thinking in terms of tools you might own, like go to webinar. So, you know, why don't we just take one of them? And go to webinar is really cool because, Laura, even if you hold a fake webinar, and trust me, in the big data startup when we didn't have an audience, we started doing a webinar of one. <laughs> okay. Um, but, you know, the thing is, it lives on. Put it up on YouTube, link off of your website, or, you know, put it up on your, your LinkedIn status update. Hey, here's the recorded version of the webinar on trends in veterinarian care or what have you. And, and Laura, what it has the effect of doing over, you know, and, and, and a, since I'm a long-term investor, SMB Nation's 18 years, and what it has the effect of doing over the years, not, not, not the days, but over the years, is it amplifies, right? It looks like, man, Laura is everywhere. Look at this. There's six recorded webinars. I mean, how does she find time to do anything? <laughs> All right, I, I love that. So that's amplification. Okay, so <laughs> be consistent, get some stuff out there, do a webinar even if you're the only person on it, and yep. use some of these tools. I love it. SurveyMonkey, LinkedIn, um, the Unbounce forums. I'm going to do a little more research on that because I, I love that idea. Yeah, and it sounds like your guest last week covered off on MailChimp or Constant Contact. Thank you. I mean, that is one of my, my talking points, but it sounds like you had that well covered recently. Yeah, we've had a couple of people talk about those different solutions. Um, I, I think they're great solutions. Some of them are, are free, depending on, you know, the number of people. We, we only have about a minute left, Harry. One question that you ask yourself frequently to keep you on track well, you know, let me. Because you have less than a minute. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Well, well that's a uh, boy. That's a that's a big question. I guess I guess balance. Uh, so, so Laura, uh, the 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 tech company I'm helping is 16 miles from my house, and I, I commute my bike. And and I would encourage. Why don't we end on that kind of living theology note that uh, when it's all said and done, you know, play hard in business. It's you know, it's, don't have to tell your listeners that, but. You know, hey, commute my bike or park at the park and ride and walk two miles to work or what have you. So find that balance because 
Boy, I'll tell you, Laura, it's uh, it, 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 literally a lifesaver. I literally. <laughs> Perfect way to end the day today. Thanks so much for being on the show with me, Harry. Sure. Thank you. All right, everybody. Remember, the right questions can change your life. So what are you asking yourself today? Have a great day, everyone. You've been listening to It's All About the Questions, starring Laura Stewart. Connect with Laura at itsallaboutthequestions.com and download a free workbook that will help you ask better questions starting today. 